Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of We Podcast and We Know Things, where we usually recap all of the week's nerdy news, but tonight we're bringing you another guest. I am Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matura. It's not past my bedtime yet. And joining us from across the globe with over 6,000 videos published, almost 162,000 subscribers on YouTube, and now in what will surely be his biggest claim to fame, the latest guest on We Podcast and We Know Things. We're honored to have on one of YouTube's best TV analysts. We're talking, of course, about the awesome Pete Peppers. Pete, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Yeah, hey, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to talking to you guys. Tonight for us and the morning for, for you. So thank you so much for waking up early to be with us. Absolutely. Uh, you can find Pete's YouTube channel. Just type Pete Peppers in the search bar, youtube.com slash Pete Peppers. Uh, you're talking the best Better Call Saul for all mankind, The Expanse, Dexter New Blood. So much great content on the channel, live streams almost after every new uh, Better Call Saul episode. And we'll get into all of that throughout the course of the interview. But the first question I need to ask you, Pete, what is Pepper Panic Saga? <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a, that's a, that's a funny story. Um, I was, uh, I was looking for something. I was doing websites. I was building websites. I was actually writing content for a company that built websites and I wanted to make some of my own. And I was, I was a friend of mine and his wife, they were like obsessed with all these match three games, like casual games. And um, that was a new one that came out. And I was like, oh, you know, I could just look at this thing that people obviously get obsessed with and, you know, make some content around it. It should be easy. You know what I mean? And, and I didn't realize how it was going to uh, end up kind of sucking me into this whole thing that they that they do with those games or whatever. But uh, I, yeah, I was a complete newbie to that whole idea. And I found that. And that's just sort of the way that it worked out. For for context, people out there, if you search Pete's videos on YouTube by oldest to newest, there's like every level of this match three game Pepper Panic Saga kind of leads the pack off of some of your oldest videos. So just wanted to throw that out there. I always like to lead the interviews off with questions that our interviewee would be like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like to just go in that direction. <laughs> Didn't see what was coming, I, I confess. <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, your YouTube channel did begin in a pretty opposite direction that it is in now. Kind of what inspired the change for you to flip over into kind of breaking down and analyzing TV shows and trailers and things of that nature? Well, I mean, that's what I was actually doing for entertainment. I mean, you brought up the games like that wasn't something that was a part of my life. You know, what I mean, that was something that was an idea of maybe I can make some content about this. And um TV shows were, they were a big part of what I did for entertainment. And, you know, I, I just, that was, that was actually the thing that I watched on YouTube at that time. I don't watch as much now because it's my job and I, you know, I kind of don't really want to watch it, watch that things like that when I go away from work or whatever. And I don't really want to be influenced by other people, like what they're saying about the things that I'm covering. But yeah, you know, whenever I was looking at it. I was just, I think it was, you know, it was in the game of Thrones time. And I was just sort of like, you know, I'm, I, I, I read all the books now I'm into all this, uh, you know, stuff that's sort of outside the TV show. Maybe I could do what some of these other people are doing and put together some videos. And, you know, I had no real idea how to do it. And I just sort of learned as I went along and 
that's pretty much it. You know, I needed a job. That's like m- many things about my, about my life, you know, is it's more of, of a survival thing than some like, you know, uh, higher calling or, or whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, I, I found myself in a situation. My background is in art. And so when I was a young man, I was pretty active in doing that and I had some success, but that also meant that, it, you know, I, I didn't, I would bounce around between jobs all the time. And that was really easy to do when I was younger. And I found as I get older, you know, you have to be a little more creative and to figure out something if you don't fall into, you know, something that's long term, which, you know, I never really did. So um, what, what kind of art did you do? I was a painter. Um, I went to, that's what I went to school for. I had an emphasis in painting. Um, I, I did. I don't, I don't really want to get into it too much. Uh, it's kind of secondary to what we're talking about today but um i i was into uh public art um maybe some you could call it street art i guess on some some way you know you could go down that way with it but i mean it's sort of like what what was important to me about that and what what still kind of is important when i think about tv and everything else is that the way that people connect through these different things like music, art, and, you know, TV, as far as entertainment and the way we interpret it, because, you know, when you're making it, like I did for a long time, that's sort of where it starts to get interesting when you realize I'm going to make this thing, I'm going to give it away. And I have my intention like that I'm putting into it, but people are going to take that and they're going to make it, they're going to have an experience with it. So instead of like trying to tell them how to feel or what to think about something, you know, I just spend a lot of time thinking like, how can I make these people have an experience and then sort of enjoy what that turns out to be seeing it, you know, like a way that people connect beyond just uh conversation or anything like that. Yeah. Now I, I do you have any other hobbies like the, besides crushing it on YouTube? Like I don't, you probably don't have too much time to paint these days. Yeah, I, I don't really do much artwork anymore. I do what I, my favorite thing, like I, we talked a little bit before the before we we came on, was that travel is is sort of is sort of my thing, and um, it's made the last two years with the the pandemic pretty pretty rough. You know, I was I was yeah. been kind of I'd been able to to travel in country a bit, but I haven't been out of, outside of the country for a while. So you know that's that's something I'm looking forward to in this next year is to getting back out and going and seeing a lot of new places that I haven't been to yet. Something I can say I really appreciate about your YouTube videos is you don't have like the YouTube thumbnail. Like the thing that drives me the most nuts about the YouTube platform is the thumbnail. It's got to have an arrow in it. It's got to have a person going (sighs) with an outline around them. And it's just like, no, I, I don't, that turns me off. So just to be able to come on and see, here's a new video. It's the character that I want to talk about. It's the name of the show and and kind of the direct point to it. I really just appreciate that. But we also teased kind of at the top of the show for you, it's morning for us. It's night. Uh, you're, you're living in Vietnam currently. And so thank you again for joining us so early in the morning. But my question about that would be what challenges do you face living in a different country, making videos for an audience, largely a different side of the world and other time zones? Yeah, it, it actually it, it, there's actually an advantage <clears throat> for TV shows uh, because they come out at eight in the morning here. You know what I mean? So I'll watch it 
right after I wake up and have my coffee and, or sometimes it's, you know, it, it, it varies because we don't do, um, we don't do daylight savings, but you know, it's in the, it's in the morning whenever, you know, the nighttime shows come out. So <clears throat> that gives me the whole day, my whole day to, to work while people in, in the States are sleeping. And then by the time they wake up in the next morning, I can have something together. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And so with, with that, I guess I kind of want to shift it real quick to like just the culture overall there. And I don't mean like living culture. I mean, pop culture in Vietnam, I, obviously with the birth of things like the internet and streaming and VPN to be able to watch different things um, in different countries. But what about like the pop culture scene, we'll call it in Vietnam for specifically American TV shows. Do they air over, do they air over there on standard cable television is there standard cable television or is that all consumed over streaming is there you know conversations going on and we'll call it the streets that people like get drummed up around these shows or is it kind of just their own culture their own television show well i i honestly don't know much about about the 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 cable tv it does exist like i i see it it, it seems like mostly whenever i go into a place and i see that it's turned on it's it's usually something that's like news you know what i mean like not, not necessarily 24-hour news but maybe like um you know local news kind of things like i'm in hanoi so that's like the capital city so it's you know, it's a big place and there's a lot going on. So it seems like that's usually what, what I'll see. Streaming is, is big. I mean, Netflix has been here and, and translated for a long time. Um, Apple is, is also translated. And I think um, HBO Max is supposed to come into this market soon. But then, like you mentioned, that, you know, they have, they know about VPNs and stuff like that. What, what's what's popular here you know anything that's that's really popular in the u.s usually bleeds over but what what's more popular here is definitely korean um korean television and korean cinema that that's um that's what i find is you know most people are into like if there's a big show in the u.s people will be watching it you know what i mean like they were they were obviously into game of thrones and they were um you know there's definitely people watching you know, some of these other things that, that, that I, I don't know. I I've seen some better call Saul coverage in some of the, sh- the, the local YouTube channels. So I guess people are watching that. I've never met anybody who talked about that, but I think, you know, mostly just like HBO shows and Netflix for sure. They, they definitely is a lot. What of about something like, like the Marvel movies or like DC when Batman came out, is it as big over there as it is here? Yeah, I think, I think probably, I mean, it's a different demographic than, you know, people that I'm usually hanging around with, but I mean, I know that whenever, um, uh, the Dr. Strange, what, what was the last Marvel movie that came out? The, um, Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness. Yeah. Yeah. I know when that came out, it was, you know, it was playing in every single theater and except for like one or two in the, in the, in the cinema next to you know, where I live. So, they're, they're, they're definitely huge. Uh, I don't really follow that stuff yeah. as much. So I, I can't really tell you on the ground, like how, how into it people are, but that's a global thing for sure. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, what about, what about like the flip side though, for something like squid game that, you know, was just a smash hit here in the States, but didn't, wasn't made in the States. It was made in Asia. What, what about something like that? Or what was the show where the zombies in the school, Sam, you watched it. Oh, um, 
No, I was like, no one gets out of here alive or something, yeah, like, something that. like that. But what about something like Squid Game? Is that as crazy over there as over here? Yeah, I think I think um, Squid Game was pretty popular. I mean, I think most people that I've I've talked to, you know, when they say, "What do you do?" and I say, "Oh, I make TV," and they say, "Oh, did you see Squid Game?" You know what I mean? Right. It's right. sort of a it's like a point of something that you know everybody knows and has seen. I see kids walking around with like squid game dolls or, or dressed like squid game sometimes, <laughs> which is completely bizarre to me, you know, like they sell them at the markets and at the souvenir shops and stuff like that. And it's sort of like, I wonder if that kid has any idea what that, that TV show is about, you know, <laughs> that or you see him wearing the shirts or something. You're like, did they see the show? <laughs> yeah. Like I get it. It's a cute doll. You know what I mean? I can see why they're drawn to it, but it's, it seems kind of weird, you know? <laughs> Now, when you're recording one of your videos, how many times would you say would you watch an episode to, to be able to you know to get it complete? I mean, it depends on on what it is. I mean, most of the stuff that I cover nowadays, I, I I'm lucky enough to get screeners for. So, nice. and that's sort of the best case scenario where I can I can watch it once and not really and just sort of have like an emotional take on it you know like how did i how how engaged was i how did i take it you know what 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 did i take away just from like the way it made me feel and then i can go back and do notes and and you know kind of rewatch the key parts and you know so basically you know i don't think i usually would watch it more than twice in in a sitting but i, I definitely rewatch things over and over again and and take crazy amounts of notes yeah. um what, I, I, I think go ahead no, you're good. Well, I was just going to say that I think that, you know, whenever I don't have them, it's a little bit more difficult because there's a fast turnaround time and I usually have to take notes on my first watch and that can kind of flatten the experience, you know, like yeah. you don't really get to, to sit back and, and, and enjoy, enjoy something. Yeah. yeah. You have to really kind of just sort of pay a lot of attention to the details and, and picking out things that people might overlook on their first watch you know and it's not really ideal on your first watch or at least not for me yeah we like a thinker where i just get stuck on stuff and you guys kind of cover everything right you sort of do pop culture on a broad spectrum I, i'm more of like an obsessive of like I, I find something that i like and i like to really just sort of focus in on that and um you know that that doesn't really work as well with if i have to watch it and turn it around all in you know one sitting <laughs> yeah, so to say it lightly, we do cover a broad spectrum. Uh, we cover literally everything in pop culture, TV, movies, all that. And just to like let you know how deep and bad it is, especially for me, I watched 34 new television shows in 2021. 34 wow. new ones that launched last year. I ranked my top 21 in 21 on the pod, but like that's just TV shows. And then we, so like I'm in the same boat. Not to the same scale, but like we get game reviews all the time and from like other companies and things like that. And it's hard to sit on those secrets sometimes. But to your point on a video game that could be, you know, a TV show, 45 minutes to an hour and a half, four hours if you're watching Stranger Things. And, you know, a game, you could be anywhere from an hour, two hours to 40. And so when you're doing your first playthrough and you're trying to take all these notes, I've had experiences myself where I'm like, man, I really wish I was playing this natively with everybody else, but I have to keep it a secret. There's, you know what I mean? So there's a lot of things. So like for you, I would imagine maybe we'll say episode three of the most recent better call. Saul. you probably saw that before 
all the rest of us uh, with no. With actually, nacho. I actually I did not. Ah, very cool. I, I only got to see the first two of those. So yeah, better Better Call Saul is one of those ones that I'm um I'm, <laughs> I'm watching in real time and 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 kind of flipping them back out. But um, you know, yeah, that the, sometimes there's stuff that comes that I see and it, it, it is difficult to to not talk about it for sure yeah. yeah what other well what other shows like kind of coming up do you have uh, by no means are we asking for final is this not going to be printed like i'm just saying tentatively what shows coming up this year do you think you might have interest on covering for the channel something like house of the dragon or something like that yeah i i'm not sure what i'm gonna do with house of the dragon but i can't imagine not being caught up in it you know what i mean i was yeah. so caught up in in the series and you know i largely i i haven't really been focused on 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 it at all since then you know what i mean it's sort of like that that whole, that last run to the finish line really kind of burnt me out um you know because it was such, just such a uh, a big moment for you know, making videos in my, for my little channel that, you know, was, was basically just starting out. And, um, it was such a, it was such a emotional kind of experience. Everybody hated it. You know what I mean? And <laughs> it was like, kind of, like <laughs> and so it was sort of like, okay, well now what, you know what I mean? Because it, it, it you know, I put all this energy into it and then it's just over and there's really nothing that's ever going to take its place. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know so, that. So I kind of the the discourse got really boring. You know what I mean? It got down to like just re repeating the same kind of you know uh, grievances. I guess you know would be the way that you would look at it. You know, and and I mean I'm not I'm not faulting anybody for not enjoying the way that it played out. You know what I mean? I, I get that part, but it was a it was a pretty fantastic show and a great world and awesome book series that's not finished unfortunately but you know there's there's so much other stuff to talk about and it really did kind of just become like a meme you know what i mean or whatever it just this it, you know the ending of game of thrones is the new example yeah. of of how to to ruin a show you know what i mean any, so, go ahead sam yeah i would say any interest in the, the new lord of the Rings show coming for uh the amazon prime I'm I'm interested in watching it. I think it's going to be yeah. a pretty big spectacle. Um, one of the things, like I was saying before, because I, I sort of obsess, it, it's hard for me to do something like that on a surface level. You know, like I could just I could just watch it and talk about my experience as you know not someone who understands the lore as deeply as as like something. I mean, because there are definitely people that are, are are you know are like lore masters when it comes yeah. to that. Oh yeah. And there's, quite a bit of gatekeeping in that sort of world too. You know what I mean? Like people are really, really like, you know, uh, precious about their, their yeah. about their, their, <laughs> nice. their book series there. <laughs> the Gollum <laughs> reference. I love it. Fantastic. But like, yeah, but you know, so like, I, I don't think that I would actually do any content on that because it, it's just a, a space that I'm not really comfortable going into. Gotcha. But uh, I'm, I'm excited to see it for sure. Going back to Game of Thrones real quick, we get that. Like we feel, ex at least I do. I feel exactly what you described, and I've described it that same way on our show. Our name of our podcast is inspired by Game of Thrones. I'm a Lannister. I drink and I know things. We podcast and we know things. Our show is birthed around the show, and we had every single week on our show we would do episode, you know, breakdowns, this, that, and the other, and talk and air it out, if you will. 
And then it just kind of ended, just like you said. It, and it, I don't it, think we talked about it until, again, until House of the Dragon got announced. They, it just kind of went away. They just needed two extra seasons. They got greedy. They wanted Star Wars, and they didn't even get that. Yeah, Weiss and Benioff. Weiss and Benioff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited because they're not attached to the project for House of the Dragon. I have faith. I'm going to watch it. And I'll say I'm cautiously optimistic, we'll say. Uh, but, Pete, just real quick. Uh, social media time for you again, youtube.com slash Pete peppers, or just search Pete peppers on YouTube. But what about Twitter? Where can our uh, listeners find you on Twitter? I'm at Pete peppers on Twitter as well. I'm not super active on there, but I do uh, interact with people whenever I, I mean, I, I definitely, <laughs> I'm a scroller, you know what I mean? I'm just not that much of a poster. <laughs> yeah. So I'm around I, well, you were, there. You replied to me recently. I appreciate you. I asked you if you were going to be covering for all mankind season three and you said you would be. So thank yeah. you. That got me extremely excited. I think we might even talked about that on the pod. We've referenced you multiple times on the podcast in, in the past. So uh, thank you for being a constant resource for us. Um, now we, it's crazy. We just talked about game of Thrones and I'm just going to ask you love it or hate it. Doesn't matter. We don't have to get dive too deep. I just want to know for you from best to worst, Rank the series finales, just the final episode of the three following shows. Game of Thrones, The Expanse, Dexter New Blood. Mm. Well, The Expanse is, is the best. That's really easy. Um, I figured you'd go there. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I think maybe Dexter New Blood is number two and... I mean, like the thing with Game of Thrones was it was it was it was work. You know what I mean? It was definitely yeah. like it was at that point. It was like I was going to work. I wasn't really engaging with it as a TV show anymore by the time it ended. And makes sense. There was a part of me that felt a sense of relief because I, I was just curious as to where George R. R. Martin directed them you know like was yeah. pointing them at the end right. like i knew it wasn't going to be satisfying and you know bef way before we actually got to the end like it was you know all the signs were there especially season seven like i had a really hard time with season seven and i guess maybe a lot of people were like in denial or just like the set pieces were enough to to keep them happy whereas that didn't work anymore in, in season eight for most you know because they wanted and you know they wanted some kind of answers or whatever so like you know at the time you know it, it just both of those but dexter and um game of thrones they were just really underwhelming but not like i didn't feel like cheated in the same way that i guess the normal uh viewer might have felt you know because it, it was just you know i was thinking about like i thought that the i thought that dexter was the most logical thing Ending. for him yeah. you know I, I thought that it actually made sense you could you could you could argue the um the setup wasn't that good or the the right. the actual way that it played out in the final episode was could have been better but you know it would have been like i think if you were really paying attention to the story they were telling and why they were coming back it was pretty obvious they were going to kill him off like that was yeah. only you know i didn't really think for a moment that he might live throughout the season so I wasn't really nearly as, you know, just kind of let down as much with that as I was with with Game of Thrones. But at the same time, I loved the I love some of the character beats and things, even though they didn't necessarily make sense in in the finale of Game of Thrones at the same time. You know what I mean? Because I was invested in 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 watching it for so long. 
So I'm, yeah, I'm I, still waiting for Batista to come back though. Like, I'll be there in the morning. Yeah, he shows up. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, you, maybe you get the spinoff show of his son in a couple years. You never know. I don't know. Now, well, if you could only choose one, the Dexter New Blood or Dexter Season Eight. Dexter New Blood. I mean, I I, I watched Same. I watched uh, Season Eight at the time, and yep. you know, it was I wasn't I I had quit. I'd actually quit the show in like season six, I think five or six, like maybe I think the five, the end of season five was where I was just like, okay, this isn't really working as good anymore. And then I think I just sort of trailed off in season six, but I had friends that were still like holding on and they were like really excited about the finale because they thought it was going to redeem the series. And I had no investment and I just thought this is not a great ending. But I know for them, they were just devastated, you know what I mean? Because they were just hoping, please, you know, yeah. we've been st- we stuck in all this time. So just please make it worth it, you know, and they were completely devastated and hated it. And it's kind of funny how they, you know, it's kind of turned around now where people are like, oh, well, it was actually better. You know, I don't really see how you get to that. Conclusion. No, I, I mean, I still say the last two episodes were were, were, were horrible. They were my least favorite of the whole series, but I, I really enjoyed New Blood. I'm, I'm glad we got it. I felt like it, it kind of just let Michael Seahall off at a better a better note. You know, people had that better. They didn't have that sour taste in their mouth. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people made a made us think about it. But, you know, like I said, I think they were I think they were just sort of kind of going. They, they wanted Dexter to continue and they wanted it to be a different show than yeah. than what was you know what was there what about going back to game of thrones again real quick what about the best season what do you think the best season we talked about how season seven might not hit for you us too for me a lot of it was travel they were just getting places to move the story forward way too fast for my liking um but what about you for the best of game of thrones what really got you there i mean it's been uh, i haven't rewatched the series at all since it was on I mean, I, re- I used to rewatch it every season before the new one came out. So, you know, I've seen them all quite a few times, but I think three is my favorite. Yeah, same. Yeah. I mean, that, it's got that, arguably the best wedding. episode. Yeah, it's got the yeah, best that, episode that, of the series. Nothing. I, I, I still remember it ending and my just the whole credits in silence and my mouth just agape. I didn't say a word the entire credits like no other show has brought me to that level. Well, yeah, I remember watching Mankind watch- season two. Yeah, I I I remember yeah being like th- th- this is something special more often than not whenever I was watching that season. Yeah. Now, how how about the worst season Game of Thrones? Probably I, 7. I, I think probably 7 if you're being honest, you know. I mean, I think that I think that in 8 2 is is pretty good. You know, the is that's the night of the or that's when they uh, Night of the Seven Kingdoms, right? Mm-hmm. Number two yeah. and up to mm-hmm. or season the eight. Battle of Blackwater, I think, too, is in that one. Can't remember, but I don't know. I, I liked number two and I, I liked five a lot, although you know they had that strange twist where she destroys uh, um, King's Dra- Landing. Or, uh, King's Landing, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that wasn't very popular, but I mean, I thought it was is a pretty great, uh, you know hour of television if you look at it objectively or you know if you just look at it as, a, as its own thing like in a vacuum yeah seven, season six go ahead well see seven it just didn't it you know like it had some big action sets but i mean it didn't really have much more going on for it 
and um, yeah. six, you like you five, were going to say. You had five guys standing around a, a icicle or like a patch of ice with hockey sticks, like batting away 10 million white walkers. Like it's over for you. Like let's not pretend you're going to make it out. Oh, they did. And here we are. We're back to it. Uh, but what shows? What about some shows for you that you enjoy that you don't cover on the channel? Mm, uh, recently, I really liked Station Eleven that was on HBO Max. Yep, it, it had some issues. Like it, it wasn't. It was definitely not perfect. But um, I really enjoyed that one. That was a pretty good journey. Um, that's a that's a good question. I mean, there's. It's hard to it's hard to think. I mean, it, I, I, I get so sucked into different things while I'm doing them that I, I, I kind of forget what's on the on the periphery sometimes. Any maybe you. Peaky Blinders, Stranger Things, anything like that? Peaky Blinders, I kind of lost interest in. Uh, it, I mean, I, I, I always enjoyed it, but I, I never had that kind of um, it was a different kind of, of yeah, kick, yeah. you know, I it, agree. Um, Stranger Things, I, I started to watch the last season. I didn't really like the last two that much, so I wasn't super excited. I heard a lot of people talking about it, but I haven't gotten through the whole the whole thing yet. Um, gotcha. Trying to think if there's anything that really, I, I mean, there has been a few things lately that I that have been like, man, I wish I could cover that show, but they're they're escaping me right now. Uh, did they come out re- like this year recently? I, mean, I feel like in the last couple of years, but um, like maybe, I, I, I go ahead. I was going to say maybe Ozark or Peacemaker or something like that. Ozark's on the channel, at least part one of season four and season three. I know that. Yeah, I, I liked Ozark and I, I had planned on um, doing the finale of, of the second part, but um, it was at the same time as, as Better Call Saul. And uh, yeah. I reached out to them because I had screeners for part one and they didn't ever get back to me. I, I told them, I said, Hey, look, if you want me to cover this, I would love to do it, but I, there's no way I'm going to be able to binge seven episodes. Can I get them early so I can watch them? And, and they just yeah. didn't respond at all. So there was like Tokyo vice was on HBO max recently. That was really good. We own the city kind of like the spiritual successor to the wire was on HBO max. Um, severance. Well, no, you covered severance. Yeah. Um you covered Raised I watched by Wolves. In the City. I, I thought that was pretty good. Um yeah. I haven't seen the finale yet, but I did read the book, so that's why I haven't been in a rush to to watch it yet. So there's uh the big one that we kind of wanted to talk about, Better Call Saul. We haven't really talked too much about it, and this is where, you know, so far a lot of our questions were, you know, thought out and scripted and who's gonna say what. And this is kind of where we wanted to kind of break that chain a little bit. And we just kind of wanted to go open forum. We go for as long as we go. And we just talk a little bit about Better Call Saul. It's coming back July 11th. We just had part one. Episode seven ended in the craziest way. Um, Looking forward, especially with that nice, short, sweet teaser for episode eight. Uh, My first question to you about Better Call Saul is what makes Lalo such a great villain? Well, for me, I think it's that he he was... It was when he came into the story that, you know, he's kind of much needed at that time. And he's so much different than the rest of the people in his family. And I really like the way that they play off that idea of like, God, this guy's so charming. Like I would definitely hang out with him and let him, you know, come into my house, offer him some iced tea and let's sit down and, you know, just have a conversation. And then they'll like, they'll like, 
they like really build that up, but then they have him do something unbelievably brutal in the next moment just to remind you that, Hey, this guy is super dangerous, you know? Yeah. I mean, he gets introduced in the back of the thing, cooking up the eggs. And you're like, who's this guy? Oh, (laughs) yeah. I mean, like you said, like he just has that one minute. He's got that charm. He flips that switch next to, you know, he's stabbing the old lady. Then I was just like, this guy, Tony Dalton is my, it's like, he's one of my favorite things to watch on, on better call Saul. Tony Dalton's just a fantastic actor in general. I mean, I know you said you're not really super into the Marvel thing, but he does play a pretty big role in one of the Hawkeye series. Uh, in the MCU and he's great there. And so just as a villain, it's insane to me that uh, Vincent and Peter were able to just take a th- almost a throwaway line in yeah. season two of breaking bad and create two, not one, two of the best overall characters in the last decade in TV in general. Yeah. I think it's a great story how Vince was really trying not to bring Lalo into it. You know what I mean? I think that makes a little bit of fun. And I think the, I think, you know, the charisma, it's a little bit more than that. You know, I think that he's, he makes a really good foil for Gus because, you know, Gus is so, so tight and controlled and everything is so, you know, like he's, he's not, he, he can, he can put on the face of being, you know, the philanthropist or whatever, but like, it's not, he he you know he can't really connect with people in the way that that Lalo does so yeah he has sort of that Saul quality to him you know where where you know like kind of the Saul Chuck thing you know like Chuck always hated that Saul was able to you know charm people and yep. people liked him better because of who he was and I kind of think about that with with uh, Lalo too who who's been your favorite character to watch so far probably Kim I mean um there's this whole, like, I, I was just making a, a video about Kim yesterday and uh, it'll be coming out tomorrow. And I, every time, whenever I, I try to engage with that character and Jimmy too, too, I mean, Jimmy is, is a great character as well, but um, you know, there's this idea of like, you just don't really know what's going on with her and the performance that is so strong and, and so believable that she just feels like a real person and and you know that there's something there, but you know you you just can't put your finger on it. And and I love that. There's so much tension in that. I thought you were going to say the Kettlemans. I had it pegged. You're going to say the Kettlemans. <laughs> I do love the Kettlemans. They've been great this season for the small amount of screen time they've had. Betsy they've Kettleman. Had. I mean, they 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 complement each other perfectly. But you know the yeah. um the, the Betsy Kettleman and her her inability to. I think it's it's such a smart you know writing tool where you know she's in, she's unable to see herself as a criminal, which she obviously is, but so ready to talk down to Jimmy McGill, who is just not the right kind of person. You know what I mean? And at the time when they first meet, he's actually not doing anything criminal at all, where her and her family actually are. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I really liked how they brought them back in, in for, for the second round and, and how she still just, you know, can't just can't deal with it. You know, I mean, she can't yeah. deal with reality. I'm, I'm one who likes to delve into conspiracy, not conspiracy theories, just like uh, TV show theories and like theory craft and just have fun with it. And if we're all wrong, whatever, we're most likely going to be. But I came across one recently that was way too wild that I couldn't believe it. I couldn't even like draw the line to how they got there, but I'd want to throw it by you. Maybe you saw it on the internet or what have you. There's a theory going around potentially that uh, 
Jeff, the cab driver was hired by Kim to follow Gene Takovic around. And I can't get there. Have you seen that theory going around? And do you think that uh, Jeff, the cab driver has any uh, connection to Kim whatsoever post BCS in that Gene timeline? Yeah, that, I mean, there's people have been saying, you know, people basically said, could Gene or could uh, Jeff be sent by X? You know what I mean? Like pretty much everybody that, that could do it. And yeah, I have seen that a lot of people are, are especially after they showed the isotopes air freshener Mm -hmm. in the courtroom scene that people have picked up on that. It just doesn't really make sense to me because he, he met Jeff initially by calling for a cab at the hospital. So or is I don't really know if the people who are, who believe in the theory if they think that like Jeff has just been on scene in Albuquerque waiting until Jimmy needed or Saul needed a taxi, you know what I mean? Like it, the 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 meeting, the initial meeting seems to 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 kind of not make it make sense. I don't know why that air freshener was there though. I mean, it seems like they were making a connection. But I tend Reddit. to think strictly yeah, for Reddit. I think that, you know, Jeff is there because he recognized, he recognized him and now he's, he's got ideas, you know, I, I, I think he's a regular person that, yeah, that I would just agree. happens to be from, from Albuquerque and, you know, people, whenever they think they can do something like, you know, they think they see an angle and they, you know, some types of people like to play them. And I think that's where Jeff is, you know, slipping Jeffy. Slipping yeah. Jeffy. <laughs> why, why do you think we didn't get? I know the traditional answer. Obviously, we got the the look forward through Saul's house being completely wiped, and you saw all of those cool things. We had mentioned it in our spoiler cast, like when they're carrying the painting. That's got brain matter on it. I don't care mm-hmm. how much you scrub it. There's Howard brain matter on it now. We know that. But why do you think this season didn't open traditionally with the gene scene? And I know that the two-part question. And I know the writer said we did not write this as a two-parter, but do you think episode eight might pick up with a gene scene? Uh, Okay. So the first part, I think they can't show it. I don't think they can show what he does next. It's kind of like where we're at right now with Kim and and Jimmy in that apartment with Lalo. I think they they couldn't, I think if they, if they gave something away, it would have really killed the momentum to wait for, 10 or 12 or however many episodes until he shows back up. It just wouldn't work the same way. I don't think. Um, so I think that's why we haven't got it yet. I do like, like you mentioned, I do like what they decided to do instead. That was, that was a nice trade off to see his, uh, golden toilet and his crazy mansion. (laughs) But I I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's going to be in the next episode for the same reason. Yeah. I feel like we have probably two more episodes at least of, of actual Lalo before, you know, that, that comes to a conclusion. And then maybe the, the next one would be the aftermath of what happens, you know, to Kim and Jimmy after Lalo dies or, you know, disappears from their lives and however that happens. So I think that there's a chance that you might see Gene, what are we at? We're at seven. So eight and nine, 10 would be the aftermath. I think there's a chance that you might be able to see Gene in the beginning of 10 to tease it, to come back in, in like 12 and 13 or, or something like that. Cause then you don't have that much time in between. Like they can plant yeah. a seed and let it, let it germinate there that that's related to whatever's going on with them. 
or it could just not be a, there could not be a, a gene teaser at all. And it might just be like, you know, there's a cold open to episode 12 and then we go straight to Omaha after the credits or whatever. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think you're right. There's a point where I think the last gene line we got was I'll take care of it myself or I'll handle it. So where do you go from there? You're probably moving right to your conclusion. I actually didn't think of it that way. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, like really, what could he do? He could, we could see him preparing or something for, I think, I think that that is what's going to happen is that, you know, he's going to go after Jeff and then, you know, then the idea is like, well, okay. After he dispatches this somewhat clownish guy and his big friend at the mall, you know, which we expect that he will, you know, what, what, will what, what will he do after, you know? And so they, they don't have a lot of time to spend there, but I think, you know, maybe, maybe two whole episodes if there's, you know, maybe some flashbacks to previous timelines in the middle of that. Are you excited to see Walt and Jesse again? Cause I know they recently Good said that question. they both will show up. Good question. Yeah, I'm definitely excited. I, I, I know it's like uh, when I was talking to Jim uh, from Bald Move, whenever we did the, the preview, we were kind of talking about this. And, and you know, the, the cool point of view is to be like, oh, we don't really need that. You know, if it doesn't serve the story, then we don't want to see them do it because it's cheap. And, and I, I understand that. But at the same time, it's freaking, you know, it's, it's Walter White and Jesse yeah. Pinkman. You know yep. what I mean? Like, tell me you're not going to be fist pumping in the air whenever you see them on the screen. You know what I'm I mean? It's like be smiling like an idiot. That's what I'm saying. It's like, it's okay. It's okay to be a fan and fan service can be okay sometimes too, if it's not gratuitous and not completely yeah. pointless. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm super excited to see him there. I, I, I don't make any, uh, you know, I wouldn't, awesome. I wouldn't try to deny it. Like it's, it's something I'm looking forward to. Are you hoping for a short five minute or not? Maybe not hoping for, are you expecting a short five minute cameo type deal? Maybe even just the cold open, or are you expecting them to be like, to have a bigger role in maybe an entire episode devoted? Mm, that That's going to depend on what happens in the next episode. Right. You know what I mean? Like I would like to see some, if it makes sense. I know that they've talked about this, the idea of seeing some things in a different light, like the, that Rashomon effect idea you know sometime in that big i mean they don't have to be involved with that necessarily so like you said it could be it could be fun to have a really effective uh cold open because i guess whenever they're thinking about it they sort of have to set it up in a way that it makes sense for people who never saw breaking bad i mean we're gonna we're gonna everyone that's seen it is gonna gonna have a way that they react to it but it also has to play for people that that maybe haven't seen that so you know what i mean like it does have to make sense and it, you know, or at least has to be tied to something that, that, that the, um, you know, Saul fans would understand. Do you, do you see a parallel between Howard's death and Todd shooting the kid on a bike in season five at the train heist, you know, wrong place, wrong time. Innocent didn't deserve it, but you saw them earlier could have almost been avoided if they just kept, going do you see any parallel there or is that just something that i've been grasping at straws for no i think there's a definite parallel with that one like you said it's uh unintended consequences and it, the 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 emotional way they set it up too especially you know because you think wow that was an amazing you know and that was a heist in in breaking bad and it was this this crazy scam and and it, both of them everything worked out and they got what they wanted 
and then then the consequence hits and it's a pretty major consequence in both both instances what did you think of el camino i want to make sure i covered that one um i uh i didn't i wasn't really super uh, like i saw it you know what i mean like i i wasn't super looking forward to it or i i just sort of it was weird. Like I, I remember that time I was doing other stuff. So I just wasn't really focused on Saul or the Breaking Bad universe. So then I watched it and I thought, oh, well, that's pretty entertaining. I'm glad it exists, you know, yeah. but I didn't really I didn't really like um, look at it too critically just because, of you know, I wasn't you know, I wasn't looking at it in that way. I, ha- I would like to go back and watch. I think I may have only ever seen that, you know, the one time. Yeah, I mean, Todd. I mean, you you will notice Todd gaining, you know, a couple extra pounds, but yeah, Todd yeah, I mean, so I, you know, it's not, it, it's one of those, you know, I mean, like, I, I didn't, I didn't mind the conclusion, the way it all played out and stuff like yeah. that, you know, what I mean, it was, I was, I was into it, it, watching it, I just never really, because it's, we've been going back in time for Saul, it, you know, what I mean, I, I think a lot more about uh, the time before that instead of the time after that, I guess, yeah. Now, we haven't talked. Oh, go ahead, Sam. You go. Now, the, the last me and Greg always kind of we used to go back and forth a lot. Do you consider Better Call Saul to be on the same level as Breaking Bad? Yeah, but I mean, I think in a way that to me, it's just seeming like it's it's one big project more than like two competing projects. Yeah. I, I feel like the evolution, I feel like it's, you know, there's a pretty straight evolution from the beginning of Better Call Saul that comes right off of the back of breaking bad. And, um, you know, uh, that, that I, I think that question is, which is better is kind of, you know, impossible to answer at this point. I think that just sort of one big, the universe is starting to come back together and it just feels like one big thing. And what I do love is I love the character, Jimmy McGill and the way that they approach that and how surprising it was the journey they took us on with, which was, you know, someone who was kind of a, a, not very complicated character in the Breaking Bad universe. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm shocked. Was, he was great, but he wasn't, yeah. you know, he wasn't like what he is now. You know what I mean? I'm shocked we haven't talked too much about Nacho yet. And, you know, I think Michael Mando, A, the performance in episode three, but B, just overall turning that character from, again, a throwaway line in season two of Breaking Bad into just one, for me, the most compelling characters I've seen on screen in a long time. And that's including his journey in the earlier seasons when he was just more of, I won't say a henchman, but just somebody kind of in the background and the way they just built and built and built upon that character and made you just get out. I I know you want to get out. Please make it out. And then they bring in his dad. And so for all of that, do you feel Nacho got his just desserts is there you know do you think that that three episode season six arc was enough to deliver or would you have liked to maybe seen that stretched out a little bit more um i i don't know i if you would have asked me before it happened i would have said oh that that doesn't sound like enough time yeah but but in retrospect i think that there's not much more I would like to see. Like I, I, one of my friends who, who also does, you know, videos and stuff was talking about how they would like to see all, you know, a lot more about what happened in the aftermath. But to me, you know, the character, it like the, the character, like you said, is great. And the journey that he made was, was, was really, 
you didn't really, it was unexpected. You know what I mean? Like you kind of knew that he was getting more sympathetic and stuff like that. But, um, I mean, he went out like on a, on a real heroic kind of romantic character. And he went out like a gangster. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and it was, it was, you know, there's something that was really cathartic about that to see him go out on his own terms. You know, like when you're watching him in that last bit of time, he knows that he's going to his death. Yeah. You know, yep. It's something that you can almost not comprehend. Right. You know what I mean? Like you're sitting and you're saying, Oh yeah, tomorrow I'm going to die. I'm going to do it for a reason. And I believe it's the right thing to do. You know what I mean? And um, when, I think when we were talking about in the live stream, you know, we were saying that he understood it way before we did. So like whenever he's, whenever he's, you know, going through that he's in a completely different place we're like please no please you know (laughs) and he's already decided you know what this is best this is the best thing i can do i thought about everything and yeah that's just fantastic so i think that it was enough i I think that i got everything that i would like to see out of that story except i would you know of course i would like to see more i would like to michael mando to still be involved but if the trade-off is that they had that that you know fantastic ending then i'll take that with one of the best monologues i've ever yeah. seen i mean that that ending line was just so perfect sam did an impression of it on one of our episodes and he he nailed it and for me so unfortunately s- small side story and we'll get back onto it um when that episode had aired we had decided my wife and my two kids we decided to take our first ever family vacation and my wife's a better call saw head too we watch it every week together and so we said, we're going to miss episode three. And after watching episode two, there's a really good chance that we're not going to want to miss episode three. So we took the 10 hour drive from Philly down to uh, South Carolina, down to Myrtle beach. And uh, our, our three-year-old, she wasn't really feeling it that night, that first night, and she couldn't fall asleep. So we couldn't watch the show mm. and our hotel room didn't even have AMC. So we couldn't go back and watch like the second run at like 11 PM or whatever they did after after whatever comes next. And so we had missed it and I'm really, I'm bummed. And I knew that it could be a good one. I go on Twitter. Michael Mando did his goodbye video Mm. on Twitter. He posted it right after the episode. And I saw it first thing soon as I logged on and I was like, no, it's been spoiled. No. And I still, still, I woke up at two in the morning. I watched it on my iPad, uh, on AMC plus, with headphones on by myself in the living room of a hotel room. And I was like still gripped and glued. And how does it end? Mike, pull the trigger, take the shot, do something. And, but just perfect, perfect. So good. So good. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because the EW put out their review early. And so I didn't see that. That's not something I would go looking for, but uh, I saw that people were talking about a big spoiler being out there and it's like, okay, well, what could happen? Okay, of course it's not just probably going to die because what else, you know what I mean? There's not what else could happen. Yeah, yeah. They're really if you went through and you just sort of thought about everything, and like you said, even though I, I kind of you know thought it was going to happen, it's still everything inside me was saying no. This there's got to be a way out. He there's I don't know I don't know how that everyone in this I know how everyone in this scene dies except for him, but he's not going to die today. It's, it's not Joe. He'll figure it out. He'll yeah. find a way. <laughs> So yeah, it's just fantastic TV, man. For uh, for me, the only question I have left on BCS before we move on, and I'll kick it over to Sam if he has any final questions. Is uh, you know, 
I don't want to, you know, you may have content. You said you have a, a Kim video coming out. You, I don't know if you're going to do predictions on part two, whatever the case may be, not trying to pry and get that information from you here. Um, and again, I want to pay respect to if you do, you not kind of given that away here, but I, I do just have one question. May, hopefully you can answer it. If you don't, you're saving for a video. Please let me know. No problem. Is Kim alive in the gene timeline or does she die during BCS? What do you think? I think she she is because <clears throat> if the other options just it, I don't know what else, I don't know what he's waiting for in in the end if, if she's not does that make sense that's a, yeah that's a good point like and he has something that he has something that's keeping him going through that terrible existence and you know uh, does Jimmy McGill deserve a happy ending like, cause that would be the ultimate kind of happy ending for that specific character. Even if they live in turmoil and even if they have to live undercover, uh, you know, in the dark of night, what have you, they still would do it together. And that would be just desserts for those characters. Do they even deserve it? Especially now after the Howard thing, people are starting to turn on Jimmy and Kimmy a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I made a, I made a video specifically about that question because oh, I, of, I know. <laughs> of, that, of that teaser. And, and I don't know, you know, like I, I kind of want to hope for, a redemption, but it's sort of like at the end of, of the nacho episode that we were thinking, it, it doesn't mean that I think that that is, uh, you know, possible or it would make sense or it'd be the right answer. It's just what my, you know, my, my TV watching brain wants to see, you know, yeah. it's not necessarily I think, rational. I still think she ends up in jail. I think that the phone call with Francesca from the breaking bad cold open is her it's someone's birthday i think for his or her i can't remember what and they reunite whether that's in omaha omaha albuquerque or right outside of kansas city something I, I, part of me says all right that's too predictable like lalo probably ends up in you know in the ground in the super lab or in a wall or something but even that could be too predictable like do the, does Vince and Peter say all right we're with you boom and then we turn the tables again and subvert subvert expectation I don't know. I just kind of want to see Kim's alive. She gets out of jail and there's Gene, good old Gene waiting for her. And they drive off into the sunset. Part of me wants it. Part of me says, I don't know. Maybe they both get capped and they, the screen goes black and boom, boom, two bull. I don't know, man. That's the beautiful yeah. thing about this. Six episodes left. We're going to have the answers. Hopefully in this, they Sopranos us. And th this is just something I've been waiting for. I cannot wait for July 11th. Sam, any, any final questions from you on BCS? No, I, I was going to actually ask the same thing. I mean, I I would like, I hope they get the happy ending, but I, I'm still going to stick to she somehow saves herself, you know, with those kills Lala or somehow saves Jimmy somehow. But I do hope we get the happy ending. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, it, it's, you know, that that's the, the question I think is, is not so much, I think it, it's changed to what would that even be, you know? And I think that with her still being alive, um, there's just so many more options for, you know, like he, they don't have, I mean, they don't have to get back together. I mean, that, there could be the tragedy right. that they know that each other's still out there, but they can't be together. But if she's dead, she's just dead. And then that only leaves the, the, you know, the option of like maybe Lalo somehow survives and then he comes back and, you know, who else is left at that point to, to re-enter the gene timeline. The way he says it in Breaking Bad, it sounds like Lalo's still alive the way he says it. But then Lalo says that the Salamanca bloodline, like there's so many things that, yeah. you know, like us diehards have picked up on over the years that are still just out there. And the question isn't answered and they have six episodes to do it. Do you think they do it? Do you think they tie up the loose ends or do you think we might be left on a little bit of a cliffhanger to maybe make our own judgment? 
Mm, I, I, I think that they'll do a pretty good job of, uh, you know, they, I think they have a pretty good understanding of what people want to know, you know, and I don't think they're driven by that. But I think that they're at least conscious of like, if we don't hit some of these notes, then, you know, people are going to be really upset. And, but that said, I mean, Peter Gould, I saw a, a quote of his on the internet yesterday about how they were doing something different, uh, you know, and he hopes people will like it. That kind of makes me think that it might be a little bit more open to interpretation. But for me, that's not a bad thing necessarily. You know, I like a, a story that, that makes me, just keep thinking about it after, you know, which yeah. those aren't typically popular with the online crowd that want answers. <laughs> and, yeah. they, you know, they want to be able to say, okay, this is what that meant. You know, they want it to be like all kind of wrapped up and you can put it in a little box. But um, I think usually after the, you know, the hot takes wear off, people realize that that is the, the better way to go. You know? Well, the but open ending is also great for a content creator. You can make video after video after video. Yeah, except for, you know, you have to read all the comments about how people think that the, the, the whole franchise and every second that they spent engaging with it has been ruined and, and they, they'll never get it back because, you know, they didn't get the answer they wanted in those final moments. Yeah, I, I remember the Dexter showrunner had said that the ending for New Blood was going to break the Internet. And it's like, all right, as soon as he got the gun from Har for Harrison for Christmas, you knew how that was going to end. You just knew it. And it's like that didn't break the Internet, dude. That's pretty. Well, and maybe not the way that knows. he thought. Maybe not the way that he thought it would. But there, there was a lot of people talking about it for sure. Still better than season eight. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sam, are you are you still dropping? Yeah, I, I figured. I you know I, I do want to watch this show, but I want to I want to listen back later. Let you two guys nerd out. I know you guys love this show, and I look forward back to listen to it back. Yeah, I feel like if Sam were to stay on, I want to transition to For All Mankind just for a little bit, again, respecting your time as well. And um, I don't want Sam to be spoiled. He doesn't want to be spoiled. So Sam's actually uh, going to drop off the interview. Okay. Pete, I had an absolute pleasure. Look forward to your videos and, you know, you still have fun. Yeah, thanks, man. So let's transition into For All Mankind. And I want to put the caveat out there for everybody that see, or episode two of season three will already have aired by the time this episode goes live on Monday, June 20th. However, we haven't seen it yet. So if anything comes up, yeah, we we're probably wrong. But but with that being said, um, there are two storylines for me that fell flat in season two for For All Mankind. And I actually like season one better. I probably am in the minority on that. Um, season two, I think, ended much better. Episode eight or nine and ten, I had already kind of said earlier i think it's pretty perfect television but overall as a season for me one gripped me from the jump but there are two story arcs in season two that didn't do it for me one was kelly just in general as a basically an entire character and the other was the affair and uh you know i i just can't get behind it i just can't believe the logic um and nor did i really want to see it it seems like Kelly, who is now in Antarctica for season three, might take a back seat. She might come forward, but you know, I could see her kind of just sticking on video chats and kind of just being there. I could also see her coming back now that all the crazy events of episode one happened. But Danny's wedding brought back some major ugly memories from for him and Karen from the song, and you had done your breakdown on that and your video. Do you see what I see in terms of Kelly being a character that's maybe in limbo and that affair kind of turning you off a little bit. Cause I, I know in your video, you literally said it was one of the big 
missteps the writers had made. But did it leave you with a sour enough taste? Because for me, I was out for that. Yeah, I mean, I know people who quit the show after that. Uh, you know, the affair. Of mine that, that, <laughs> yeah, they're like, I just can't watch it anymore. It, it didn't affect me on that level. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. It's just, and and I kind of understand, you know, like that they're trying to make it complicated and and you know it 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 opens up some things to them in the future but i think pretty universally i I haven't i've never met anybody who thought that it was such a cool idea i see some people defend it online and i feel like that's more in the contrary sense of like well if everybody hates this i'm gonna find out what i like about it and and you know or whatever you know it just doesn't seem like i think objectively speaking it wasn't the, the best uh choice that, you know, I think you wasn't. I think you put way. it. Yeah, I think you put it really well when you said if Gordo had an affair with Kelly, like if you just swip flip flop that role, it's everybody would unanimously despise it. And for me, like I would hope. And again, this we're talking about this before two drops, but it'll the episode's releasing after two. So hopefully, what I'm about to say sticks. I hope it was just a simple callback to season two. Like there's a lot of times where shows with, especially with time jumps will in the recap before the show starts, give you all those plot points or even in the previously on whatever the OC, we see like the things they want us to see. Maybe that was that simple. Oh yeah, that happened. And we can move forward because it was the song. You kind of have to be a really tuned in listener to even pick that up. Uh, maybe the little wink or the eye motion they had there, but now her husband is dead. I don't know. I really hope it was just a simple callback, though. Wait, her husband? Um, are you talking about Sam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh, they're not married, I don't think. Really? I thought they were married. Yeah, I no, I think married. if it was in the beginning of the episode, they were both in different rooms. If you remember, um, when he calls her. So, oh, so my right. thinking was, yeah, and this, I'm not, I don't mean to call you out on that. I just think That's this cool. was, I saw quite a few people saying the same thing. And I just, uh, as far as I can tell, they were strictly a, a business partnership, but, uh, I did listen to the, the official podcast and, and that's something they brought up is how, you know, she's been in this position where she, she's trying to, to go it on her own, you know what I mean? To be, Mm -hmm. to be single and, and try out this, you know, this new thing. And obviously the, uh, the business venture crashed really kind of literally. Yeah. So it does, it does make you wonder, like, is she going to be in a position where she's, she's looking for something? But I mean, I thought her experience, I thought her reaction to what he was doing I thought the the actor did a really good job there of saying like you know showing us like the different range of emotions and none of them seemed to be like okay My well maybe this maybe there was something there that 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 you know I, I felt fondly for or, you know or something I want to try to to rekindle you know I, mean, I think it's pretty much a one sided thing where Danny can't get over it which right and that's is, why he chose the song that makes sense. Yeah, but I mean, it's it. That's kind of even in a way, kind of hard to imagine. I mean, I I know we're talking about broken people here. You know what I mean? He lost his best friend. She lost her son. That's a big part of of what there is. But they didn't really ex- they didn't really explore that part of it. Whenever they you know, whenever they set it up, it, it was really yeah. about someone who was unhappy in her marriage and the, this you know this young good looking guy being there and 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 them having an affair. But it's so much more complicated that, you know, I don't know. It, it They have to do something. And that's why I said in my video, I just hope it makes sense at the end. 
because one of the things, like you said, with Kelly as well, she was really kind of just there on the sideline. And it was it was really similar to Aleda in the first season. You're like, this is kind of cool. Like, I, I, I'm interested in what's happened here, especially with Octavia, Octavia, mm-hmm. her father. You know, he got a raw deal and then she stuck there. But it felt like pretty disconnected from everything else. And now, you know, you kind of see where that pays off. So I guess with yeah. Kelly, I'm hoping the same thing will happen. You know, it, she she certainly there's no reason she's she comes, you know, she was raised by Ed. We didn't really see that. It happened mostly off screen. But, you know, I mean, the, the, there's there's stuff there, but the, the, the new generation hasn't really been set up in a way that I'm really, uh, you know, invested in them yet. So, yeah, I mean, she goes to find her father that doesn't get like fully paid off. And now she's mm-hmm. just in Antarctica. Like what happened there? I hope they sow those seeds because, you know, yeah, it, because there's some her whole reason for going to to the the Naval Academy was to fly uh, planes, and yeah. that, there doesn't seem to be any of that going on in, in Antarctica. So yeah, there's more that we don't know about yet. So I guess we'll find out. The, you know, it's funny. I think that with uh, the Polaris Hotel, it's what it was, right? The Polaris Hotel. Mm-hmm. There, to me, there is no way that that gets built and is fully operational in a decade. Like that is a pretty major thing and then they're just like time jump here you go space hotel and it's like yeah yeah that was the thing more than 10 years i I think that people uh generally like the first episode pretty well i i I did on on first watch you know i i there those there was a couple of things like that i was like how did they wait karen isn't involved in this and and she's just in space and now people can just go up and down and they're there in a week. And I mean, that's all cool. That all works well later, but I mean, it just sort of, it's sort of like, you know, had me, uh, you know, like, well, does this make sense or doesn't it make sense? Kind of stuck a little bit in that. And then like the, yeah, the whole thing with the, um, the, the thruster just burning and burning and burning like that, you know, I guess they could be making the, 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 the comment or they could be you know saying hey look this is what happens when the private sector gets involved they right. don't take the same precautions that that nasa does and 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 you know shit's dangerous in space and stuff might people might die as a result of that but it wasn't really you know they haven't really got to that yet you know or it, i don't even know if that's what they were trying to go for it, it was really it felt to me it was just sort of like this is a thing that karen was trying to do it went bad what does she do next and so, yeah, some of that stuff, it, it, it seemed like it was just a little bit of like, I, okay, I know I have to, this is a, a alternate timeline and, mm-hmm. it, you know, things moving faster and there's going to be some stuff that I'm just going to have to accept. And, you know, this, this one seemed to like there, it wanted me to do that a lot more often than, than some of the other episodes. Yeah. I look at it as, so I watched the premiere twice and the first watch through I was gripped the whole time. I actually didn't, you know what I think I did? I was waiting so long and so hard and anticipated for this show to come back that I was almost willing to just accept everything. I love those first opening minutes where they explain all the contrivances that happened over the decade and you follow that line and you watch it back. Like, Oh, I can see how cool alternate history is. You said you're a big alternate history guy, you know, and kind of like where that could go. I am too. I have a question about that in a little bit. The second watch through is where you start to piece things like, okay, the one thing I would have liked to see more is Jamestown. We saw a still shot or like almost like a setup shot of it. And there wasn't really anything else to it where it was 
the biggest almost set of season two, almost everything revolved in or around Jamestown and the moon. Um, and so I would have just liked to see maybe, okay, who's there now? And, and I think we'll get there, but at the same time, where, like, where do you go almost from here? We know Mars is obviously in the plans. We know they're going to get there early. Cause at the teaser at the end of season two, it said 95, they're talking 96. Does North Korea get involved in, you know, cause obviously it was a North Korean piece of the, the, um, blown apart missile or whatever it was, the ship that hit the thruster. So where do you see this show going again, with all respect to season or episode two hasn't dropped as we talk, we'll be out then. I'm um, just kind of throwing things against the wall. Where do you think it's going? Well, I think that um, we know it's a three-way race. So I imagine they're going to have to set up the the third, the, you know, this, this Deb Iessa character. They didn't really, he was hinted at in the, in the first episode, but we didn't really see him or, or understand how he'll actually be pushing the race. He'll buy like, Polaris. I think he might buy out. Polaris. Yeah. I mean, that, that seems to be the, I mean, if you look at the trailer, I did a trailer breakdown. Oh, right. <laughs> it's definitely, it definitely looks like the same ship. And, yeah. and, and the fact that it's going to be, they're going to be going there in a couple of years. It, it kind of makes it seem like that would be the only possible route. But, um, yeah. but yeah. And like I said there, you can see that they definitely go into Mars. They tease that at the end of the last season, they're going to get there. And then I think, but I, I'm imagining, I'm guessing that that might happen like mid season and then there'll be like a whole, you know, what happens next? Like I, I, the other day I was thinking, I don't really talk about this show with too many people because I don't know that many people that are watching it. So I was just kind of looking at some of the, um, you know, what people were saying online and the, I, I think maybe that the, 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 the big catastrophe on this might be getting back. You know what I they mean? did that with, um, oh my gosh, I think it was, was it away on Netflix with, uh, oh man, the, the actress who gets killed and everything she does. She was the next karate kid. I can't think of her name right now. She was the little bait, little baby boxer, huh? million dollar baby. Do you remember? Who, you know what oh, oh yeah. Um, what's her name? Uh, I got to see her face now. Yeah, yeah. So they there was a Netflix show away where they go to Mars, and the moon is just a pit stop. It's the craziest thing. There's like, oh yeah, we're here, we're on the moon. It got ten episodes. It was pretty good, and then they canceled it, unfortunately. And that's I've always been into space, and that's where kind of I found for all mankind was I was looking for something to fill that away void when I heard it got canceled. Um, it wasn't the greatest show, but I just thought some of the visuals were stunning. And then I saw this trailer, Joel Kinnaman. Hey, I know him. Hey, that's Becca from the Boys, um, for who plays Karen. So like. There were people in it that I gravitated towards, and then that got me hooked on the show. For you, you had just mentioned not a lot of people that you know watch the show. What made you make the decision to cover it on your channel? Um, I, I guess the same thing. Like, uh, like I said, I watched the beginning of it. I, I I didn't watch it live when it first came out. I watched season one after I binged it after it had been out for a while. And there was some, there was some stuff. There was some eye rolly stuff in the first episode, and the second episode I thought was kind of like not that gripping. But the characters grew on me, you know. What I mean, and and obviously the alternate history is there. And then they they when they want to, they can really do a set piece, you know. Like the the whole 
uh, a lot of the stuff that happened on on you know on the on the moon in the in the first season and you know the the girl who caught the the tank and all that stuff i mean it was just uh you know like it was it's it's like one of those things like it it's you know it, it it's by the book you know i mean it's in, you, you involuntarily like get swept up in it because it's just you know it, it's just executed to the level of like you can't not get sucked in you know what i mean oh yeah you just teed me up for a joke that I, I'm going to try to hold off on. But she's about to beat – you said sucked, and I'm about to talk about about, about Bill Clinton. But uh, she's about to beat Bill Clinton in a presidential race. Like, th- that has to happen. They're not going to tease yeah. that they're go- – you know? I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, I, I don't see how she could lose in this no. universe. And so, like, wh- where does that go? She's going to be the first woman president. They're going to make that a, a pretty – unique storyline and not only that but she also isn't um you know with all due respect to her like orientation she's not a typical female so what does that kind of look like so or i shouldn't say typical you know what i'm trying to say though mm-hmm. um so there's not going to be a first man and it's, it's just like there's a lot of th- well, well there, there will be. be it's larry there will be yeah i was about to say there there kind of has to be from that angle so like th- i think that there's enough around the storyline that can make it compelling but you kind of gave away what's what's the big alternate timeline is Clinton's going to lose. He's not going to see the office. That's kind of wild. Um, again, I wish I would have seen more of, of kind of the Jamestown base. I, I assume we'll get there, but you, you said it in one of your videos, I believe the episode one breakdown and you know, there's not really much else to say. If you want to go, obviously please go watch that video on Pete's YouTube channel. But like this, this has to be the final season for the crew and cast that you and I both gravitate towards. These are the people that got me hooked. Gordo's my favorite character in the entire show. That I was bawling when when that happened yeah. in episode ten of of season two. The new cast just hasn't gotten me there yet. Um, we didn't see Piscotti. We didn't see. I can't remember the other character um, that was aboard that the ship with Ed in in the finale. Ali Ryan. Like, thank you. And so, like again, they have some time here, but like if this is going to be the new cast for any future seasons, if the show is lucky enough to get picked up, we got to get that rolling because I'm not as invested there. I'm still invested in Molly and she's blind. So mm-hmm. like, <laughs> where are we going with this? Yeah. The one thing is that, I, that I've noticed is that the, the, the critics got to see eight, you know, there, there were eight episodes yes, of the 10. The, yeah. And um, not too many of them were negative on it. None, so that's kind of that's kind of what's it, keeping me going on on those questions. I have I think they're I think you have the same questions I do. I think they're natural. I think that those are things that they're going to have to address. But um, I'm hoping because you figure the last two episodes of every season of this show are the are are what the bread and butter of what the series is. You know what I mean? They they can really end the season. If nothing yeah, and, else, <laughs> and the first eight are the ones that are scoring off the charts right now, which gives me, like you said, a ton of hope for the season. Yeah. Right now, hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Not to say that Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic is like your end all be all, but it is the critic reviews, not the audience. Hundred percent. So, like, I think there's twenty two or twenty five critic reviews. Uh, IGN, which is a source we use a lot for reviews, gave it a nine out of ten. So, like, it it's wild how. You know, I think maybe, like you said, Mars has to happen early because that's probably the stuff that grips people. Maybe the conflicts on Earth are kind of left 
on earth and Kelly is more of a background character than they make it. And that's where the new team goes. But to your point, maybe it's that journey back that becomes the real uh, uh, catalyst for that engine to go. And I'm excited to see what that lens for those final two episodes and where it goes. I don't want to go too deep because again, we're just about to watch episode two in a couple days. We can speculate until the cows come home, but I want to transition into our final topic of the evening. Uh, and it's, it's our favorite segment. Sam usually tag teams it with me, but I'm doing it alone tonight. It's called our rapid fire section, Pete. And what this is, is I'm going to ask you 10 questions mm-hmm. and I want you to try and give me the answer as fast as you possibly can, like without too much thinking, you can go as long as you want, but I kind of just want like, you said earlier, the hot takes keep going. Maybe something along the lines of just like your overall initial impressions and feel free to go as deep as you want, but I'm going to ask them to you pretty rapidly, if you will. So are you ready? Is that cool yeah. with you first and foremost? Yeah, yeah cool. I can do that. All right, cool. Uh, question number one. One character that was killed in Better Call Saul that you wish was still alive. Mm, Nacho. Yeah, I think that's the obvious one. Uh, what character in Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad would be the most fitting for another spinoff series? Mm. <laughs> that's super hard. Kim. And why? I think... Uh, she probably has a fascinating backstory that we'll never really get to see uh, together, but I, I don't really want another. That, that's why it's hard to answer. I don't really want another uh, spinoff. Yeah. Um, Lalo. On record, got, neither do we, but yeah. Yeah. The, the, those, the, there's more to stories to tell there, but I, I kind of like, you know, the, the, the relationship of being able to just fill in those blanks myself. You don't want like a Chuck law school kind of like courtroom drama. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Uh, if you after Michael McKean back and, and, and had him look exactly like he does, but he's just in college, that would be pretty <laughs> worth it. Yeah, it's screw the de-aging CGI that they yeah. use on all these shows nowadays. Let's just put, a wig on, just put a wig on him and put him in the classroom. They did it with Dexter. <laughs> the young Dexter yeah. looked rough. Yeah. Michael C. Hall. Um, after Mars, what do you think the next planet that they'll look to explore in For All Mankind future seasons? What I mean, was it I called think- season four? I think that they have to go to the belt, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Uh, what is, I mentioned earlier, Gordo for me, what's your favorite character in the entirety of for all mankind? Hmm. Oh, Margo, I guess. Wow. I've asked that question to the few people that do watch the show with me. No one has said Margo. She kind of rubbed me a little bit the wrong way in season one. She's obviously grown on all of us. And the way they've they've captured her, but Gordo, I'm a Gordo stand man. I, yeah, I I, I, I didn't want to I didn't want to say Gordo because you did. So. <laughs> Fair enough. But if I have something in common with one of my favorite content creators, I'm all I'm all for that. Yeah, I mean, he had a great arc. Um, I yep. think I think Margot has an exciting. I mean, I, I, we didn't just we were just talking about what's going to happen on Earth and when they're in Mars, and I think that unfortunately it's going to be her downfall because of that situation with Sergey, And uh, I think there's a lot of, I think that that's interesting to me. Uh, Now we're going to go a little bit off the rails. We're both big alternate history fans. I had mentioned that before you've mentioned it in one of your videos. If another real life major event could get a TV series, but with an alternate reality or an alternate history, what, what major event would you pick? Like a real world event that didn't happen or something like that. So I'll give you my answer. And then maybe that'll spark you a little bit. It's just like, what real world event would you like to see turned into a TV series, but in an Uh, alternate timeline? 
me, it's either one of two things. Japan drops the bomb on the US instead of the other way around, or like the Native Americans push back and don't let the colonization of America happen the way it did. And I think like those two stories could be super interesting. Like you look at the man in the high castle, that's what got me into like this whole alternate history thing. And I thought that had such a great premise. I think the show ultimately fell pretty flat, especially in the later seasons. But that first season hooked me so much that when I hear alternate timeline for all mankind was like, whoa, Russia, what you're telling me they win this. It's, it just, it got me good. Do you have any major like events that you would say? Yeah. If that happened in the opposite way, that would make for a pretty good TV series. Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to get away from those, those, uh, the things that you've already mentioned, like the, um, I mean, maybe after the war, if, if, if Europe went, you know, with Russia somewhat, you know what I mean? And and it became a little bit more, even the, the cold war that might be interested to see, you know, if, uh, if the socialists took control of at least one major country in, in Europe, um, that would be, that would, but it's, it's pretty similar to what we got going on with, with for all mankind. So yeah, or at least even, yeah, where it's going to, um, yeah. next question we touched on slightly during the, the main part of the interview, when we talked about shows that you enjoy that you don't cover, but what's a show that you didn't cover on the channel? Looking back, you kind of said, I wish I did a show that I didn't cover that. I wish I did. Yeah. Um, God, I don't have a rapid fire answer for that. It's all good. <laughs> um, uh, sorry for the dead air. That's cool. I it's don't either know. the magic of editing or the intense yeah. people on the edge of their seats going, oh, what's he going to say? Um, uh, I don't really have an answer, man. I can't, I'm blanking completely. Totally fine. Finish this sentence and it's okay. Positive or negative. Just finish the sentence. Star Wars is. Not that important to me anymore. Yes. Yeah. We kind of get slammed our audience. Uh, We don't, we'll cover it. Like we'll talk Obi-Wan Kenobi or if there's a new movie or TV series, what have you. But Sam and I both go on record pretty often that we're not the biggest Star Wars fans and our DMS, on an Instagram, <laughs> take a hit when we say that usually on those episodes. Yeah. I mean, I'm giving I'm giving away my age a little bit, but you know, I, I lived through the excitement of the prequels coming out, you know, and, and going to see those and just sort of being like, I don't know how I feel about this anymore. <laughs> you know, I was 12. I was 12 when they hit, I'm 34. So, yeah. um, I, I'm with you. I actually didn't see any of the prequels in theaters. Then they re-released episode one, like randomly in the mid 2010 range, somewhere in there. And I saw it and I was like, this is what everybody's talking about. Not, not for me. Uh, Let's see. We got three more. So here are seven. I told you earlier, I watched 34 shows in 2021. I ranked 21 of them. Here are seven of my top 10. The other three. I won't talk about because we either talked about them already and it would be repetitive or I know that you watched it. Here are seven of my top 10. As I name them, tell me if you've watched them and if you did in one sentence what you thought about them. Mm. The Shrink Next Door on Apple TV Plus. Didn't watch it. Ted Lasso. 
watched it and mostly enjoy it. Um, it got a little bit older in season two, but still going to watch season three. Yeah, season two was rough at times. The funeral episode, like, what are we doing? Uh, HBO and HBO Max, Bear Town. Didn't see it. Uh, what do we got next? Atypical on Netflix. <laughs> Didn't see it. <laughs> Hopefully this is like, oh, cool. I got some shit to watch. <laughs> Stars, Heels. I saw some of it. And actually, I would like to go back and watch the end. That's that, That's what I would say. It was my number three at the end of it all. And I am, I was into pro wrestling pretty heavy as a kid, um, grew up with it a lot, have recently kind of fallen off of it, but that show, man, that brought, that brought back all the feels of being a nineties wrestling fan. And just even outside the ring, really good drama, good show. I, I would hope you go back and finish it. And now the two that are most important to me, I'm hoping you've seen at least one of them. Hopefully it's this one. Showtime's yellow jackets. Mm, that's on my list of things that I have to watch. I only watched the uh, premiere of that. All right. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. It was, uh, it ended up being my favorite show of 2021. I cannot wait for season two. Sam is on the fence that it was a little slow and not for him. I just thought it was a fantastic give and pull or give and take. I hope you finish it. It's so good. Uh, and then lastly, HBO max original, I believe it was in, it aired in Britain originally five episodes. It's a sin. Mm, I didn't About the AIDS epidemic. Either. Yeah. Those were my favorite shows. 22 or 2021. Hopefully maybe you'll look back on this episode. You say, Hey, there's a couple things and not like you need to fill time. I'm sure. But if yeah. you ever have any, <laughs> there's some shows I would highly recommend. Yeah. It, it's, it's hilarious how much stuff that I don't watch, uh, whenever I'm, whenever I'm covering something else, you know, and then now it's like, there's a deluge of new content all the time. So it's so much harder to go back and, and watch like yellow jackets. I heard people talking about that the whole time, you know, but I was covering Dexter and, and the expanse and the expanse was one of my favorite shows. And I really wanted, you know, I was really only thinking about that you know what i mean like i was uh i was just absorbed in all of that and really disappointed that it was coming to an end and i kept saying yeah i got to get back to the show yellow jackets but then there was always something else coming on you know on the on the on the horizon so i just haven't got a chance to and um i've heard of all those shows that you mentioned i just didn't it it it's kind of the the bad part of being the kind of creator content creator i am is that you know like i I have to map things out based on availability and you know, it takes a lot of time to do what I do, you know, not maybe not for everyone, but for me specifically, it, it, it takes me a long time to do one video. And that is a, you know, that's a deterrent to uh, getting to cover so much other stuff. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. I, you know, I, I like to, really, you know, engage with the su the subject I want to talk about. And um, that's not always conducive with producing something in the amount of time that it's still relevant. You know what I mean? I hear you. Yeah, you're you're a little late. It's almost like it's lost in the sauce. I appreciate how quickly like I know on Tuesday I'm going to get a better call saw recap and I'm going to watch it the second it's available. I have I did ring the bell. I have notifications on. So. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, thank you for being a, a YouTuber who doesn't say smash that like button. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it just breaks me every time I hear it. I've unsubbed yeah, it, the channels because of it. 
Yeah, you talked about that earlier, and it, you know, it, and it's funny because the the uh, you know the the circles with the arrows and stuff like that. You, it, what, thumbnails, what, yeah. What's sad is that that stuff actually really works. It works really well. Like I, I remember one time I did a video with a with a thumbnail that had the circle and and the uh, I just tried it. I said I'm going to put it on there first, and then I'm going to take it off. And the views went down like seventy five percent. Like. You know, hour to hour, like you could look at it, and mm-hmm. it's just like there's those things. Like everything is clickbait, even though it, it, some is just way more, you know, uh, obvious than others in a way, because that's what works on the on the algorithm. And if you don't do those things, eventually, your channel will disappear. You know what I mean? So you yeah. sort of have to pick and choose your battles. And and uh, you know, I, I hope people get a, a, a an understanding of that. Is like it, you know it. it it it's not always it's not always people being uh cynical or you know just uh trying to uh you know be misleading or something like that sometimes you just have to uh do what's popular to a certain extent i get it i especially when it's for a lot of people out there a an incredible source or main source of income i get what? that one of those things that, that really kind of gets on my nerves is that idea of the ending explained video. You know what I mean? Like, uh, that, that's the, the title doesn't really, it's It's just a review. Yeah. That's what it usually comes down to. Like when I look at ones that are really popular, that's what I see. But yet whenever I make something similar, it seems like people complain about that. And, and I, and you know, I don't use that title because I'm like, Oh, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm, being pretentious i want to explain things to people i do it because that's what gets views if you don't do it you know your video will disappear pretty quickly it's the it's the old i just watched it i have questions what do i have questions about the ending and i think it's just one of those things where when you t- that's just a popular phrase in the type i think about the movie don't look up that adam mckay did um i think it was earlier this year or la- last year about yeah. the end of the world and like when that happened I had questions. I typed in a review and the first 10 things that popped up were ending explained. And it's like immediately that does kind of turn you off because you're just, it's a minute of the ending that they talk about and 19 minutes of the other two hours of the movie. And it's just a a standard review. And it's almost like that's kind of where we've gotten to almost. And like, it's like one of those things where you'll be scrolling on YouTube and you'll see who is the president of the United States. And it's an arrow pointing to a circle blurred out Joe Biden. You're like, did they really? Yeah. But at the same time, to think of it, like you had mentioned, kind of behind the curtain of they might not do it to be baity. They do it because that's what the battle of the out al- against the algorithm or whatever, you know, you want to call it. I get that. Uh, two, two more and we'll uh, and we'll end up tonight. Um, so these are nothing to do with television. I'm just extremely curious. What are some of like the best Vietnamese dishes that you enjoy? Mm, um. Well, the my favorite thing is bun bo hue. Um, I eat it a little bit differently than than locals do. A, a little bit more foreigner friendly, I guess. Could you but explain what that is? It, it's a it's a beef noodle dish that is um, the noodle is more like a, it's more like a spaghetti size. It's it's but it's made of rice instead of you know wheat or whatever. Um, and it, it's got a really good savory broth and it, it, it you could, there, it's similar to, to, to beef pho, but it's, uh, to me, I, 
I, I just, there's something about it that, that, um, that, that kind of gets me going <laughs> in a different way. <laughs> it's kind of hard to explain, uh, you know, like it, what beef is, is the, is the best Vietnamese dish. Like if you've never been, if you've never, um, if you've never tried the, the, the food, it, it's the way to go. In the U S you usually get the Southern style, which since I live in Hanoi, it's, it's kind of completely different. Like I never had it. Like I have it here before I came here. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. Uh, I like, uh, broken rice, uh, with, with pork is, is fantastic. Um, bun cha, which is like a beef, uh, uh, or not beef, but a pork meatball noodle dish. I don't know. I could go on all day. Vietnamese food is fantastic. I'm a foodie. So like it, having this conversation is almost as cool for me as the better call Saul and the for all mankind stuff. I just love it. Listen, you don't get to look like this without loving food. So, uh, <laughs> last question I have for you for the night, Pete, uh, what did you, or what will you have for breakfast? Uh, I had steamed buns this morning. Oh, um, nice. Good for you. Pork or just, yeah, they were, they were just standard, um, pork with the, uh, little quail egg inside. Nice. Good for you, Pete. Hey, thank you so much for taking an hour and a half of your time this morning to talk with Sam and I, it was an absolute pleasure. Uh, I cannot wait for <clears throat> better call Saul and beyond for all mankind, all your content coming out again, please subscribe to Pete's YouTube channel, type in Pete peppers or youtube.com slash Pete peppers. Follow him on Twitter at Pete peppers. Um, you can get notified of when he posts new videos and things like that. So please do that. Pete, thank you again so much for hanging out tonight. It means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I I did think uh, maybe the show that I would cover that I didn't might be the boys. It's kind of outside of, it's kind of outside of my, my normal uh, thing, but I do, I do find that kind of enjoyable in a weird way. Yeah. And 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 just about YouTube in general, you know, like with my channel, I try to try to make the stuff that I might want to, see if I was watching, you know, if I wasn't really, if I was watching something, but I didn't really have someone to talk to about it. You know what I mean? Um, I like that idea of of people connecting through, you know, what the things that we're entertained with or what we think is art and, and whatever. So when I do that, I, you know, when I make stuff, I just kind of want to, it's more of an idea of let's watch this together you know what I mean? Let's see what you, what I saw, what you saw, and let's, let's talk about it. Um, so hopefully in the future, I'll do more conversational stuff like with like we're doing with the, uh, live streams and, um, you know, be able to, to, to go a little bit deeper because that is one of the limitations of YouTube is, you know, that it takes a long time to, I, I do all the clips and everything and I try to, to go pretty deep whenever I pull those. So it takes a long time to put that together. And, um, you know, so I have to be, you know, somewhat succinct in, in the way that I describe an episode. I can't really just go off and, and conversationally talk about what I'm thinking about on the top of my head. You know what I mean? Yeah. I so it's fun to do this. It's fun to have a conversation and I appreciate you having me on and, uh, yeah, that's about all I have. I appreciate the look behind the curtain too, and just building a YouTube channel and and things of that nature. So thanks Pete. And thank you everybody for hanging out with us. Pete, if you could hang on the line just one second, but we will see you next week for episode 288.